Crack it, make some noise. Welcome, one and all. It is I, Akira the Dawn. It is you, the righteous wave riding individual that you are. And here we are, gathered across space, across time, for part two of the power of your subconscious mind. A lo fi live score, adding another one to the lo fi library. We already read part one. It was great. We already read part three, and that was great. Now we're doing part two, which is chapter six through to ten. Six through to ten. These are going to be good chapters. You're going to learn a great deal. We're going to have a lovely time. We're going to we're going to dis- discover practical techniques in mental healing. The tendency of the subconscious mind is a life word. How to get the results you want. And how to use the power of your subconscious mind for, for, for wealth. So I do think this will be a, a powerful and useful broadcast. So I do think it's, uh, you know, incumbent on you to beat the like within an inch of his life. Uh, you know, pick up a big stick and attack that like with all you have. Brothers and sisters, all you have, and I know you have a lot. I know you have plenty. Because you are an abundant being of limitless potential. And you're here, are you not? And it's very lovely to see you. What's going on? How are you all doing? Full killer was cracking. Sergitage, what's up? Shaky, what's up? Jordan, what's up? James, what's up? Man like Jason in the house. Uh, thank you for your, your patience while we began the broadcast. Uh, Tractor had conveniently forgotten, uh, had removed the markers I had put in the audio file previously. So let's do some last minute, ooh, yikes, at what exact point are these chapters? But we know that now, we have that now. Thanks to the magic of Jason Eva and other calculation tool. Uh, I just got back from the beach, um, so I'm a bit wet, and I'm a little damp. I just got back from the beach, and it's a tsunami out there right now in uh, where I am in Mexico. It's a tsunami occurring out there. It was like a little bit rainy when I left the house, and then it kind of stopped. You know the thing where you go out with an umbrella, and then you're like, do I even need this umbrella anymore? Like, I, you know. That lady over there has not got an umbrella. Do I even need it? Oh, no, maybe I don't. And, uh, you know, and that was all good. And then I did need the umbrella because it became an absolute monsoon and the roads flooded. And by the, by the end, I was wading. By the end of it, I, I was wading through rivers, you know, the rivers of Babylon. But it was cool because I was listening to the next two. Not one, but two next two Meaning Wave albums I've just been listening to. Wow. 
Wow. Wow. That's that's what I can can, can say. I can say wow. So that was that was a very delightful thing to do, you know. Walking in Mexico in a, in a biblical flood. Listening to two meaning wave albums that no one else has heard. If you use it and you will hear them here first by Joe. Um, I might play one track from one of them later, or maybe tomorrow. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. So this is what we today we're um, we're doing chats to the power of your subconscious mind. do that let's do the international high five let me know where you are and your feelings about the forthcoming mini wave releases in one word a shoe there on the screen gotta not do that show bits too much of the the anime in the background on the last stream uh i said it got worldwide block i showed a bit of an anime for like three seconds we had to cut that bit out Uh, so for an uninterrupted uh experience of the last the last subconscious power of your subconscious mind stream uh, you need to uh, take to Patreon or the channel members section for the download of it which really is quite the bloody thing you know really is quite the bloody thing anyway not, we'll, we'll have none of those problems today I'll go one second boom out like that that's it you get a second second ain't that nice what up Zach Mills James Lawson says goat Mike Better says pew pew laser right Shaky says woo Full Killer says wave emoji uh, Vincente Caparini says wow and Full Killer is in Maryland and, and Nuke Surgery Surgeon in the Shower Kindle Alex McBride 4 yo I can cut. Oh, and shout out to Riley Holmes, who just joined the channel. Just before I went live, it would seem, according to my act- my activity data. Yeah, Riley Holmes joined the channel at level two. Level two is a powerful level. You don't just get the emojis. You don't just get uh, access to the downloads of the mixes and the yeeted streams. You also get all the music. You get to download the albums as they come out and the singles as they come out and all that. And by Jove, there is a wealth of those things coming your way very soon. Amcast says, did you see my man Miley at Davos? Miley? No. Is that the guy who green screened himself in and lots of people posted it around the place thinking it was real or something? Or is that something else? 
Albuquerque, California, excited AF. Wasn't uh, wasn't my guy Afuera. Uh, it wasn't Afuera. Oh Javier, yeah Afuera, Afuera. Here's look. Here's my thing, right? Uh, you know, I I like entertaining people. Um, I like seventies haircuts. I like people, you know, saying cool shit. But I I you know I I think. One should judge a person by their actions. So I'm paying attention to what people do these days a lot more than to what they say. Entertaining as it may be. Because this, it's all a circus. And as I've said, as we know, uh, you know, spectacles at the Coliseum grew only more ridiculous and, and uh, elaborate. Uh, the closer the uh, barbarians got to the gates, you know. But, uh, I mean, you know, he did sack a lot of people, didn't he, Javier? So, yeah, that's nice. So it's nice to sack people. <laughs> He says, based. You know, I go by the wise words of Sean Paul. Or Sean Paul, depending on on who who you're speaking. You know, Sean Paul said, I don't watch what them men say, I only watch what them men do. I've got to stick to my girl like glue. I don't know what he said after that. I should look it up, really. One of those things, you know, you got those things that you, you just never bother to look up where the actual lyrics were, and it just sounds like some weird sort of shapes in your head. You know, I just you got to be. Um, I don't want to be like a party pooper or nothing, but like when people, when someone comes along and they're saying everything you want them to say, you know, you should be wary. Me once, uh, George Bush gif. Always remember the basket case theory. Shout out to Scott Adams. And shout out to you. Aim for the screen. Three, two, one. Uh, Cinco Alto. Hey, hey, hey. Yes, I approve. Uh, je approuve. What's that beat? Mm-hmm. Oh, interessante. That file doesn't work. Oh, this one. Okay, that does.
Banger. All right, we're about to go in. Let me just check everything works. This is you going in. Power your subconscious mind. Part two. Chapter six. Practical techniques in mental healings. An engineer has a technique and a process for building a bridge or an engine. Like the engineer, your mind also has a technique for governing, controlling, and directing your life. You must realize that methods and techniques are primary. In building the Golden Gate Bridge, the chief engineer understood mathematical principles, stresses, and strains. Secondly, he had a picture of the ideal bridge across the bay. The third step was his application of tried and proven methods by which the principles were implemented until the bridge took form and we drive on it. There also are techniques and methods by which your prayers are answered. If your prayer is answered, there is a way in which it is answered, and this is a scientific way. Nothing happens by chance. This is a world of law and order. In this chapter, you will find practical techniques for the unfolding and nurture of your spiritual life. Your prayers must not remain up in the air like a balloon. They must go somewhere and accomplish something in your life. When we come to analyze prayer, we discover there are many different approaches and methods. We will not consider in this book the formal, ritual prayers used in religious services. These have an important place in group worship. We are immediately concerned with the methods of personal prayer as it is applied to your daily life and as it is used to help others. Prayer is the formulation of an idea concerning something we wish to accomplish. Prayer is the soul's sincere desire. Your desire is your prayer. It comes out of your deepest needs, and it reveals the things you want in life. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That is really prayer, life's hunger and thirst for peace, harmony, health, 
joy, and all the other blessings of life. The passing over technique for impregnating the subconscious. This consists essentially in inducing the subconscious mind to take over your request as handed it by the conscious mind. This passing over is best accomplished in the reverie-like state. Know that in your deeper mind, it is infinite intelligence and infinite power. Just calmly think over what you want. See it coming into fuller fruition from this moment forward. Be like the little girl who had a very bad cough and a sore throat. She declared firmly and repeatedly, It is passing away now. It is passing away now. It passed away in about an hour. Use this technique with complete simplicity and naivete. Your subconscious will accept your blueprint. If you are building a new home for yourself and family, you know that you would be intensely interested in regard to the blueprint for your home. You would see to it that the builders conform to the blueprint. You would watch the material and select only the best wood, steel, in fact, the best of everything. What about your mental home and your mental blueprint for happiness and abundance? All your experiences and everything that enters into your life depend upon the nature of the mental building blocks, which you use in the construction of your mental home. If your blueprint is full of mental patterns of fear, worry, anxiety, or lack, and if you are despondent, doubtful, and cynical, then the texture of the mental material you are weaving into your mind will come forth as more toil, care, tension, anxiety, and limitation of all kinds. The most fundamental and the most far-reaching activity in life is that which you build into your mentality every waking hour. Your word is silent and invisible. Nevertheless, it is real. You are building your mental home all the time, and your thought and mental imagery represent your blueprint. Hour by hour, moment by moment, you can build radiant health, success, and happiness by the thoughts you think, the ideas which you harbor, the beliefs that you accept, and the scenes that you rehearse in the hidden studio of your mind. This stately mansion, upon the construction of which you are perpetually engaged, is your personality, your identity in this plane, your whole life story on this earth. Get a new blueprint. Build silently by realizing peace, harmony, joy, and goodwill in the present moment. By dwelling upon these things and claiming them, your subconscious will accept your blueprint and bring all these things to pass. By their fruits ye shall know them. The Science and Art of True Prayer The term science means knowledge, which is coordinated, arranged, and systematized. Let us think of the science and art of true prayer as it deals with the fundamental principles of life and the techniques and processes by which they can be demonstrated in your life, as well as in the life of every human being when he applies them faithfully. The art is your technique or process, and the science behind it is the definite response of creative mind to your mental picture or thought. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Here you are told you shall receive that for which you ask. It shall be opened to you when you knock, and you shall find that for which you are searching. This teaching implies the definiteness of mental and spiritual laws. There's always a direct response from the infinite intelligence of your subconscious mind to your conscious thinking. If you ask for bread, you will not receive a stone. You must ask, believe it, if you are to receive. Your mind moves from the thought to the thing, 
Unless there is first an image in the mind, it cannot move, for there would be nothing for it to move toward. Your prayer, which is your mental act, must be accepted as an image in your mind before the power from your subconscious will play upon it and make it productive. You must reach a point of acceptance in your mind, an unqualified and undisputed state of agreement. This contemplation should be accompanied by a feeling of joy and restfulness in foreseeing the certain accomplishment of your desire. The sound basis for the art and science of true prayer is your knowledge and complete confidence that the movement of your conscious mind will gain a definite response from your subconscious mind, which is one with boundless wisdom and infinite power. By following this procedure, your prayers will be answered. The Visualization Technique The easiest and most obvious way to formulate an idea is to visualize it, to see it in your mind's eye as vividly as if it were alive. You can see with the naked eye only what already exists in the external world. In a similar way, that which you can visualize in your mind's eye already exists in the invisible realms of your mind. Any picture, which you have in your mind, is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. What you form in your imagination is as real as any part of your body. The idea and thought are real and will one day appear in your objective world if you are faithful to your mental image. This process of thinking forms impressions in your mind. These impressions, in turn, become manifested as facts and experiences in your life. The builder visualizes the type of building he wants. He sees it as he desires it to be completed. His imagery and thought processes become a plastic mold from which the building will emerge, a beautiful or an ugly one, a skyscraper or a very low one. His mental imagery is projected as it is drawn on paper. Eventually, the contractor and his workers gather the essential materials and the building progresses until it stands finished, conforming perfectly to the mental patterns of the architect. I use the visualization technique prior to speaking from the platform. I quiet the wheels of my mind in order that I may present to the subconscious mind my images of thought. Then, I picture the entire auditorium and the seats filled with men and women, and each one of them illuminated and inspired by the infinite healing presence within each one. I see them as radiant, happy, and free. Having first built up the idea in my imagination, I quietly sustain it there as a mental picture while I imagine I hear men and women saying, I am healed. I feel wonderful. I've had an instantaneous healing. I am transformed. I keep this up for about 10 minutes or more, knowing and feeling that each person's mind and body are saturated with love, wholeness, beauty, and perfection. My awareness grows to the point where, in my mind, I can actually hear the voices of the multitude proclaiming their health and happiness. Then, I release the whole picture and go onto the platform. Almost every Sunday, people stop and say that their prayers were answered. Mental Movie Method The Chinese say, Quote, a picture is worth a thousand words, unquote. William James, the father of American psychology, stressed the fact that the subconscious mind will bring to pass any picture held in the mind and backed by faith. Act as though I am, and I will be. A number of years ago, I was in the Middle West lecturing in several states, and I desired to have a permanent location in the general area from which I could serve those who desired help. I traveled far but the desire did not leave my mind. 
One evening, while in a hotel in Spokane, Washington, I relaxed completely on a couch, immobilized my attention, and in a quiet, passive manner, imagined that I was talking to a large audience, saying, in effect, I am glad to be here. I have prayed for the ideal opportunity. I saw in my mind's eye the imaginary audience, and I felt the reality of it all. I played the role of the actor, dramatized this mental movie, and felt satisfied that this picture was being conveyed to my subconscious mind, which would bring it to pass in its own way. The next morning, on awakening, I felt a great sense of peace and satisfaction, and in a few days' time, I received a telegram asking me to take over an organization in the Midwest, which I did, and I enjoyed it immensely for several years. The method outlined here appeals to many who have described it as the mental movie method, I have received numerous letters from people who listen to my radio talks and weekly public lectures, telling me of the wonderful results they get using this technique in the sale of their property. I suggest to those who have homes or property for sale that they satisfy themselves in their own mind that their price is right. Then, I claim that the infinite intelligence is attracting to them the buyer who really wants to have the property and who will love it and prosper in it. After having done this, I suggest that they quiet their mind, relax, let go, and get into a drowsy, sleepy state, which reduces all mental effort to a minimum. Then, they are to picture the check in their hands, rejoice in the check, give thanks for the check, and go off to sleep, feeling the naturalness of the whole mental movie created in their own mind. They must act as though it were an objective reality, and the subconscious mind will take it as an impression and through the deeper currents of the mind, the buyer and the seller are brought together. A mental picture held in the mind, backed by faith, will come to pass. The Baudouin Technique Charles Baudouin was a professor at the Rosso Institute in France. He was a brilliant psychotherapist and a research director of the new Nancy School of Healing, who in 1910 taught that the best way to impress the subconscious mind was to enter into a drowsy, sleepy state or a state akin to sleep in which all effort was reduced to a minimum. Then, in a quiet, passive, receptive way, by reflection, he would convey the idea to the subconscious. The following is his formula. Quote, a very simple way of securing this impregnation of the subconscious mind is to condense the idea, which is to be the object of suggestion to sum it up in a brief phrase, which can be readily graven on the memory, and to repeat it over and over again as a lullaby." Unquote. Some years ago, a young lady in Los Angeles was engaged in a prolonged bitter family lawsuit over a will. Her husband had bequeathed his entire estate to her, and his sons and daughters by a previous marriage were bitterly fighting to break the will. The Baudouin technique was outlined to her, and this is what she did. She relaxed her body in an armchair, entered into the sleepy state, and as suggested, condensed the idea of her need into a phrase consisting of six words easily graven on the memory. It is finished in divine order. The significance to her of these words meant that infinite intelligence operating through the laws of her subconscious mind would bring about a harmonious adjustment through the principle of harmony. She continued this procedure every night for about 10 nights. After she got into a sleepy state, she would affirm slowly, quietly, and feelingly the statement, it is finished in divine order, over and over again, 
feeling a sense of inner peace and an all-pervading tranquility. Then she went off into her deep, normal sleep. On the morning of the 11th day, following the use of the above technique, she awakened with a sense of well-being, a conviction that it was finished. Her attorney called her the same day, saying that the opposing attorney and his clients were willing to settle. A harmonious agreement was reached and litigation was discontinued. The sleeping technique. By entering into a sleepy, drowsy state, effort is reduced to a minimum. The conscious mind is submerged to a great extent when in a sleepy state. The reason for this is that the highest degree of outcropping of the subconscious occurs prior to sleep and just after we awaken. In this state, the negative thoughts, which tend to neutralize your desire and so prevent acceptance by your subconscious mind, are no longer present. Suppose you want to get rid of a destructive habit. Assume a comfortable posture, relax your body, and be still. Get into a sleepy state, and in that sleepy state, say quietly, over and over again as a lullaby. I am completely free from this habit. Harmony and peace of mind reign supreme. Repeat the above slowly, quietly, and lovingly for 5 or 10 minutes, night and morning. Each time you repeat the words, the emotional value becomes greater. When the urge comes to repeat the negative habit, repeat the above formula out loud by yourself. By this means, you induce the subconscious to accept the idea, and a healing follows. The Thank You Technique In the Bible, Paul recommends that we make known our requests with praise and thanksgiving. Some extraordinary results follow this simple method of prayer. The thankful heart is always close to the creative forces of the universe, causing countless blessings to flow toward it by the law of reciprocal relationship, based on a cosmic law of action and reaction. For instance, a father promises his son a car for graduation. The boy has not yet received the car, but he is very thankful and happy and is as joyous as though he had actually received the car. He knows his father will fulfill his promise, and he is full of gratitude and joy even though he has not yet received the car, objectively speaking. He has, however, received it with joy and thankfulness in his mind. I shall illustrate how Mr. Broke applied this technique with excellent results. He said, Bills are piling up. I'm out of work. I have three children and no money. What shall I do? Regularly, every night and morning, for a period of about three weeks, he repeated the words, Thank you, Father, for my wealth, in a relaxed, peaceful manner, until the feeling or mood of thankfulness dominated his mind. He imagined he was addressing the infinite power and intelligence within him, knowing, of course, that he could not see the creative intelligence or infinite mind. He was seeing with the inner eye of spiritual perception, realizing that his thought image of wealth was the first cause, relative to the money, position, and food he needed. His thought feeling was the substance of wealth untrammeled by antecedent conditions of any kind. By repeating, thank you, Father, over and over again, his mind and heart were lifted up to the point of acceptance, and when fear, thoughts of lack, poverty, and distress came into his mind, he would say, thank you, Father, as often as necessary. He knew that as he kept up the thankful attitude, he would recondition his mind to the idea of wealth, which is what happened. The sequel to his prayer is very interesting. After praying in the above-mentioned manner, he met a former employer of his on the street, whom he had not seen for 20 years. The man offered him a very lucrative position and advanced him $500 on a temporary loan. 
Today, Mr. Broke is vice president of the company for which he works. His recent remark to me was, I shall never forget the wonders of thank you, Father. It has worked wonders for me. The affirmative method. The effectiveness of an affirmation is determined largely by your understanding of the truth and the meaning back of the words, in praying, use not vain repetition. Therefore, the power of your affirmation lies in the intelligent application of definite and specific positives. For example, a boy adds three and three and puts down seven on the blackboard. The teacher affirms with mathematical certainty that three and three are six. Therefore, the boy changes his figures accordingly. The teacher's statement did not make three and three equal six because the latter was already a mathematical truth. The mathematical truth caused the boy to rearrange the figures on the blackboard. It is abnormal to be sick. It is normal to be healthy. Health is the truth of your being. When you affirm health, harmony, and peace for yourself or another, and when you realize these are universal principles of your own being, you will rearrange the negative patterns of your subconscious mind based on your faith and understanding of that which you affirm. The result of the affirmative process of prayer depends on your conforming to the principles of life, regardless of appearances. Consider for the moment that there is a principle of mathematics and none of error. There is a principle of truth, but none of dishonesty. There is a principle of intelligence, but none of ignorance. There is a principle of harmony and none of discord. There is a principle of health, but none of disease. And there is a principle of abundance, but none of poverty. The affirmative method was chosen by the author for use on his sister, who was to be operated on for the removal of gallstones in a hospital in England. The condition described was based on the diagnosis of hospital tests and the usual x-ray procedures. She asked me to pray for her. We were separated geographically about 6,500 miles, but there is no time or space in the mind principle. Infinite mind or intelligence is present in its entirety at every point simultaneously. I withdrew all thought from the contemplation of symptoms and from the corporeal personality altogether. I affirmed as follows. This prayer is for my sister Catherine. She is relaxed and at peace, poised, balanced, serene, and calm. The healing intelligence of her subconscious mind, which created her body, is now transforming every cell, nerve, tissue, muscle, and bone of her being, according to the perfect pattern of all organs lodged in her subconscious mind. Silently, quietly, all distorted thought patterns in her subconscious mind are removed and dissolved, and the vitality, wholeness, and beauty of the life principle are made manifest in every atom of her being. She is now open and receptive to the healing currents, which are flowing through her like a river, restoring her to perfect health, harmony, and peace. All distortions and ugly images are now washed away by the infinite ocean of love and peace flowing through her, and it is so. I affirm the above several times a day, and at the end of two weeks my sister had an examination which showed a remarkable healing, and the x-ray proved negative. To affirm is to state that it is so, and as you maintain this attitude of mind as true, regardless of all evidence to the contrary, you will receive an answer to your prayer. Your thought can only affirm, for even if you deny something, you are actually affirming the presence of what you deny. Repeating an affirmation 
Knowing what you are saying and why you are saying it leads the mind to the state of consciousness where it accepts that which you state as true. Keep on affirming the truths of life until you get the subconscious reaction which satisfies. The argumentative method. This method is just what the word implies. It stems from the procedure of Dr. Phineas Parkhurst Quimby of Maine. Dr. Quimby, a pioneer in mental and spiritual healing, lived and practiced in Belfast, Maine, about 100 years ago. A book called The Quimby Manuscripts, published in 1921 by Thomas Y. Crowell Company, New York City, and edited by Horatio Dresser, is available in your library. This book gives newspaper accounts of this man's remarkable results in prayer treatment of the sick. Quimby duplicated many of the healing miracles recorded in the Bible. In brief, the argumentative method employed according to Quimby consists of spiritual reasoning where you convince the patient and yourself that his sickness is due to his false belief, groundless fears, and negative patterns lodged in his subconscious mind. You reason it out clearly in your mind and convince your patient that the disease or ailment is due only to a distorted, twisted pattern of thought which has taken form in his body. This wrong belief in some external power and external causes has now externalized itself as sickness and can be changed by changing the thought patterns. You explain to the sick person that the basis of all healing is a change of belief. You also point out that the subconscious mind created the body and all its organs. Therefore, it knows how to heal it, can heal it, and is doing so now as you speak. You argue in the courtroom of your mind that the disease is a shadow of the mind based on disease-soaked morbid thought imagery. You continue to build up all the evidence you can muster on behalf of the healing power within, which created all the organs in the first place, and which has a perfect pattern of every cell, nerve, and tissue within it. Then, you render a verdict in the courthouse of your mind in favor of yourself or your patient. You liberate the sick one by faith and spiritual understanding. Your mental and spiritual evidence is overwhelming. There being but one mind, what you feel is true will be resurrected in the experience of the patient. This procedure is essentially the argumentative method used by Dr. Quimby of Maine from 1849 to 1869. The absolute method is like modern sound wave therapy. Many people throughout the world practice this form of prayer treatment with wonderful results. The person using the absolute method mentions the name of the patient, such as John Jones, then quietly and silently thinks of God and his qualities and attributes, such as God is all bliss, boundless love, infinite intelligence, all-powerful, boundless wisdom, absolute harmony, indescribable beauty, and perfection. As he quietly thinks along these lines, he is lifted up in consciousness into a new spiritual wavelength, at which time he feels the infinite ocean of God's love is now dissolving everything unlike itself in the mind and body of John Jones for whom he is praying. He feels all the power and love of God are now focused on John Jones, and whatever is bothering or vexing him is now completely neutralized in the presence of the infinite ocean of life and love. The absolute method of prayer might be likened to the sound wave or sonic therapy recently shown me by a distinguished physician in Los Angeles. He has an ultrasound wave machine, which oscillates at a tremendous speed and sends sound waves to an area of the body to which it is directed. These sound waves can be controlled, 
and he told me of achieving remarkable results in dissolving arthritic calcareous deposits, as well as the healing and removal of other disturbing conditions. To the degree that we rise in consciousness by contemplating qualities and attributes of God, do we generate spiritual electronic waves of harmony, health, and peace? Many remarkable healings follow this technique of prayer. A cripple walks. Dr. Phineas Parkhurst Quimby, of whom we spoke previously in this chapter, used the absolute method in the latter years of his healing career. He was really the father of psychosomatic medicine and the first psychoanalyst. He had the capacity to diagnose clairvoyantly the cause of the patient's trouble, pains, and aches. The following is a condensed account of the healing of a cripple as recorded in Quimby's manuscripts. Quimby was called on to visit a woman who was lame, aged, and bedridden. He states that her ailment was due to the fact that she was imprisoned by a creed so small and contracted that she could not stand upright and move about. She was living in the tomb of fear and ignorance. Furthermore, she was taking the Bible literally, and it frightened her. In this tomb, Quimby said, was the presence and power of God trying to burst the bands, break through the bonds, and rise from the dead. When she would ask others for an explanation of some passage of the Bible, the answer would be a stone. Then she would hunger for the bread of life. Dr. Quimby diagnosed her case as a mind cloudy and stagnated due to excitation and fear, caused by the inability to see clearly the meaning of the passage of the Bible which she had been reading. This showed itself in the body by her heavy and sluggish feeling, which would terminate as paralysis. At this point, Quimby asked her what was meant in the Bible verses, Yet a little while am I with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. Ye shall seek me, and shall not find me, and where I am, thither ye cannot come. John chapter 7, verses 33 to 34. She replied that it meant Jesus went to heaven. Quimby explained what it really meant by telling her that being with her a little while meant his expression of her symptoms, feelings, and their causes. For example, he had compassion and sympathy for her momentarily, but he could not remain in that mental state. The next step was to go to him that sent us which, as Quimby pointed out, was the creative power of God in all of us. Quimby immediately traveled in his mind and contemplated the divine ideal. For example, the vitality, intelligence, harmony, and power of God functioning in the sick person. This is why he said to the woman, Therefore, where I go, you cannot come, for you are in your narrow, restricted belief, and I am in health. This prayer and explanation produced an instantaneous sensation, and a change came over her mind. She walked without her crutches. Quimby said it was one of the most singular of all his healings. She was, as it were, dead to error. And to bring her to life or truth was to raise her from the dead. Quimby quoted the resurrection of Christ and applied it to her own Christ or health. This produced a powerful effect on her. He also explained to her that the truth, which she accepted was the angel or idea, which rolled away the stone of fear, ignorance, and superstition, thereby releasing the healing power of God, which made her whole. The Decree Method Power goes into our word according to the feeling and faith behind it. 
When we realize the power that moves the world is moving on our behalf and is backing up our word, our confidence and assurance grow. You do not try and add power to power. Therefore, there must be no mental striving, coercion, force, or mental wrestling. A young girl used the decree method on a young man who was constantly phoning her, pressing her for dates, and meeting her at her place of business. She found it very difficult to get rid of him. She decreed as follows, I release blank unto God. He is in his true place at all times. I am free, and he is free. I now decree that my words go forth into infinite mind, and it brings it to pass. It is so. She said he vanished, and she has never seen him since, adding, It was as though the ground swallowed him up. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Job chapter 22, verse 28. Serve yourself with scientific truth. 1. Be a mental engineer and use tried and proven techniques in building a grander and greater life. 2. Your desire is prayer. Picture the fulfillment of your desire now and feel its reality, and you will experience the joy of the answered prayer. 3. Desire to accomplish things the easy way with the sure aid of mental science. 4. You can build radiant health, success, and happiness by the thoughts you think in the hidden studio of your mind. 5. Experiment scientifically until you personally prove that there is always a direct response from the infinite intelligence of your subconscious mind to your conscious thinking. 6. Feel the joy and restfulness in foreseeing the certain accomplishment of your desire. Any mental picture which you have in your mind is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. 7. A mental picture is worth a thousand words. Your subconscious will bring to pass any picture held in the mind backed by faith. 8. Avoid all effort or mental coercion in prayer. Get into a sleepy, drowsy state and lull yourself to sleep, feeling and knowing that your prayer is answered. 9. Remember that the thankful heart is always close to the riches of the universe. 10. To affirm is to state that it is so, and as you maintain this attitude of mind as true, regardless of all evidence to the contrary, you will receive an answer to your prayer. 11. Generate electronic waves of harmony, health, and peace by thinking of the love and the glory of God. 12. What you decree and feel as true will come to pass. Decree harmony, health, peace, and abundance. Chapter 7. The Tendency of the Subconscious is Lifeward Over 90% of your mental life is subconscious, so men and women who fail to make use of this marvelous power live within very narrow limits. Your subconscious processes are always lifeward and constructive. Your subconscious is the builder of your body and maintains all its vital functions. It is on the job 24 hours a day and never sleeps. It is always trying to help and preserve you from harm. Your subconscious mind is in touch with infinite life and boundless wisdom, and its impulses and ideas are always lifeward. The great aspirations, inspirations, and visions for a grander and nobler life spring from the subconscious. Your profoundest convictions are those you cannot argue about rationally because they do not come from your conscious mind. 
They come from your subconscious mind. Your subconscious speaks to you in intuitions, impulses, hunches, intimations, urges, and ideas. And it is always telling you to rise, transcend, grow, advance, adventure, and move forward to greater heights. The urge to love, to save the lives of others, comes from the depths of your subconscious. For example, during the great San Francisco earthquake and fire of April 18, 1906, invalids and cripples who had been confined to bed for long periods of time rose up and performed some of the most amazing feats of bravery and endurance. The intense desire welled up within them to save others at all costs, and their subconscious responded accordingly. Great artists, musicians, poets, speakers, and writers tune in with their subconscious powers and become animated and inspired. For example, Robert Louis Stevenson, before he went to sleep, used to charge his subconscious with the task of evolving stories for him while he slept. He was accustomed to ask his subconscious to give him a good, marketable thriller when his bank account was low. Stevenson said the intelligence of his deeper mind gave him the story piece by piece, like a serial. This shows how your subconscious will speak lofty and wise sayings through you, which your conscious mind knows nothing about. Mark Twain confided to the world on many occasions that he never worked in his life. All his humor and all his great writings were due to the fact that he tapped the inexhaustible reservoir of his subconscious mind. How the body portrays the workings of the mind. The interaction of your conscious and subconscious mind requires a similar interaction between the corresponding system of nerves. The cerebrospinal system is the organ of the conscious mind, and the sympathetic system is the organ of the subconscious mind. The cerebrospinal system is the channel through which you receive conscious perception by means of your five physical senses and exercise control over the movement of your body. This system has its nerves in the brain, and it is the channel of your volitional and conscious mental action. The sympathetic system, sometimes referred to as the involuntary nervous system, has its center in a ganglionic mass at the back of the stomach known as the solar plexus, and is sometimes spoken of as the abdominal brain. It is the channel of that mental action which unconsciously supports the vital functions of the body. The two systems may work separately or synchronously. Judge Thomas Troward says, quote, The vagus nerve passes out of the cerebral region as a portion of the voluntary system, and through it, we control the vocal organs. Then it passes onward to the thorax, sending out branches to the heart and lungs. Finally, passing through the diaphragm, it loses the outer coating, which distinguishes the nerves of the voluntary system and becomes identified with those of the sympathetic system, so forming a connecting link between the two and making the man physically a single entity. Similarly, different areas of the brain indicate their connection with the objective and subjective activities of the mind respectively. And speaking in a general way, we may assign the frontal portion of the brain to the former and the posterior portion to the latter while the intermediate portion partakes of the character of both. A rather simple way of looking at the mental and physical interaction is to realize that your conscious mind grasps an idea, which induces a corresponding vibration in your voluntary system of nerves. This in turn causes a similar current to be generated in your involuntary system of nerves. Thus, handing the idea over to your subconscious mind 
which is the creative medium. This is how your thoughts become things. Every thought entertained by your conscious mind and accepted as true is sent by your brain to your solar plexus, the brain of your subconscious mind, to be made into your flesh and to be brought forth into your world as a reality. There is an intelligence which takes care of your body. When you study the cellular system and the structure of the organs, such as eyes, ears, heart, liver, bladder, etc., you learn they consist of groups of cells, which form a group intelligence, whereby they function together and are able to take orders and carry them out in deductive function at the suggestion of the master mind, conscious mind. A careful study of the single-celled organism shows you what goes on in your complex body. Though the monocellular organism has no organs, it still gives evidence of mind action and reaction performing the basic functions of movement, alimentation, assimilation, and elimination. Many say there is an intelligence which will take care of your body if you let it alone. That is true, but the difficulty is that the conscious mind always interferes with its five-sense evidence based on outer appearances, leading to the sway of false beliefs, fears, and mere opinion. When fear, false beliefs, and negative patterns are made to register in your subconscious mind through psychological, emotional conditioning, there is no other course open to the subconscious mind except to act on the blueprint specifications offered it. The subconscious mind works continually for the common good. The subjective self within you works continuously for the general good, reflecting an innate principle of harmony behind all things. Your subconscious mind has its own will, and it is a very real something in itself. It acts night and day whether you act upon it or not. It is the builder of your body, but you cannot see, hear, or feel it building, as all this is a silent process. Your subconscious has a life of its own, which is always moving toward harmony, health, and peace. This is the divine norm within it seeking expression through you at all times. How man interferes with the innate principle of harmony. To think correctly, scientifically, we must know the truth. To know the truth is to be in harmony with the infinite intelligence and power of your subconscious mind, which is always moving lifeward. Every thought or action which is not harmonious, whether through ignorance or design, will result in discord and limitation of all kinds. Scientists inform us that you build a new body every 11 months, so you are really only 11 months old from a physical standpoint. If you build defects back into your body by thoughts of fear, anger, jealousy, and ill will, you have no one to blame but yourself. You are the sum total of your own thoughts. You can keep from entertaining negative thought and imagery. The way to get rid of darkness is with light. The way to overcome cold is with heat. The way to overcome the negative thought is to substitute the good thought, affirm the good, and the bad will vanish. Why it's normal to be healthy, vital, and strong. It's abnormal to be sick. The average child born into the world is perfectly healthy with all its organs functioning perfectly. This is the normal state, and we should remain healthy, vital, and strong. The instinct of self-preservation is the strongest instinct of your nature, and it constitutes a most potent, ever-present, and constantly operative truth, inherent in your nature. It is, therefore, obvious that all your thoughts, ideas, and beliefs must operate with greater potentiality 
when they are in harmony with the innate life principle in you, which is forever seeking to preserve and protect you along all lines. It follows from this that normal conditions can be restored with greater ease and certainty than abnormal conditions can be induced. It is abnormal to be sick. It simply means you're going against the stream of life and thinking negatively. The law of life is the law of growth. All nature testifies to the operation of this law by silently, constantly expressing itself in the law of growth. Where there is growth and expression, there must be life. Where there is life, there must be harmony. And where there is harmony, there is perfect health. If your thought is in harmony with the creative principle of your subconscious mind, you are in tune with the innate principle of harmony. If you entertain thoughts which are not in accordance with the principle of harmony, these thoughts cling to you, harass you, worry you, and finally bring about disease, and if persisted in, possibly death. In the healing of disease, you must increase the inflow and distribution of the vital forces of your subconscious mind throughout your system. This can be done by eliminating thoughts of fear, worry, anxiety, jealousy, hatred, and every other destructive thought which tends to tear down and destroy your nerves and glands, body tissue which controls the elimination of all waste material. POTS Disease Cured In the Nautilus magazine of March 1917, there appears an article about a boy suffering from POTS disease, or tuberculosis of the spine, who had a remarkable healing. His name was Frederick Elias Andrews of Indianapolis, now Minister of Unity School of Christianity, Kansas City, Missouri. His physician pronounced him incurable. He began to pray, and from a crooked, twisted cripple going about on hands and knees, he became a strong, straight, well-formed man. He created his own affirmation, mentally absorbing the qualities he needed. He affirmed over and over again many times a day, I am whole, perfect, strong, powerful, loving, harmonious, and happy. He persevered and said that this prayer was the last utterance on his lips at night and the first in the morning. He prayed for others also by sending out thoughts of love and health. This attitude of mind and way of prayer returned to him multiplied many times. His faith and perseverance paid off with big dividends. When thoughts of fear, anger, jealousy or envy drew his attention, he would immediately start his counteracting force of affirmation going in his mind. His subconscious mind responded according to the nature of his habitual thinking. This is the meaning of the statement in the Bible, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Mark chapter 10, verse 52. How faith in your subconscious powers makes you whole. A young man who came to my lectures on the healing power of the subconscious mind had severe eye trouble, which his doctor said necessitated an operation. He said to himself, my subconscious made my eyes, and it can heal me. Each night as he went to sleep, he entered into a drowsy meditative state, the condition akin to sleep. His attention was immobilized and focused on the eye doctor. He imagined the doctor was in front of him, and he plainly heard or imagined he heard the doctor saying to him, a miracle has happened. He heard this over and over again every night, or perhaps five minutes or so before going to sleep. At the end of three weeks, he again went to the ophthalmologist who had previously examined his eyes, and the physician said to this man, this is a miracle. What happened? 
This man impressed his subconscious mind using the doctor as an instrument or means of convincing it or conveying the idea. Through repetition, faith, and expectancy, he impregnated his subconscious mind. His subconscious mind made his eye. Within it was the perfect pattern, and immediately it proceeded to heal the eye. This is another example of how faith in the healing power of your subconscious can make you whole. Pointers to review. 1. Your subconscious is the builder of your body and is on the job 24 hours a day. You interfere with its life-giving patterns by negative thinking. 2. Charge your subconscious with the task of evolving an answer to any problem prior to sleep and it will answer you. 3. Watch your thoughts. Every thought accepted as true is sent by your brain to your solar plexus, your abdominal brain, and is brought into your world as a reality. 4. Know that you can remake yourself by giving a new blueprint to your subconscious mind. 5. The tendency of your subconscious is always lifeward. Your job is with your subconscious mind. Feed your subconscious mind with premises which are true. Your subconscious is always reproducing according to your habitual mental patterns. 6. You build a new body every 11 months. Change your body by changing your thoughts and keeping them changed. 7. It is normal to be healthy. It is abnormal to be ill. There is within the innate principle of harmony. 8. Thoughts of jealousy, fear, worry, and anxiety tear down and destroy your nerves and glands, bringing about mental and physical diseases of all kinds. 9. What you affirm consciously and feel as truth will be made manifest in your mind, body, and affairs. Affirm the good and enter into the joy of living. Chapter 8. How to get the results you want. The principal reasons for failure are lack of confidence and too much effort. Many people block answers to their prayers by failing to fully comprehend the workings of their subconscious mind. When you know how your mind functions, you gain a measure of confidence. You must remember, whenever your subconscious mind accepts an idea, it immediately begins to execute it. It uses all its mighty resources to that end and mobilizes all the mental and spiritual laws of your deeper mind. This law is true for good or bad ideas. Consequently, if you use it negatively, it brings trouble, failure, and confusion. When you use it constructively, it brings guidance, freedom, and peace of mind. The right answer is inevitable when your thoughts are positive, constructive, and loving. From this, it is perfectly obvious that the only thing you have to do in order to overcome failure is to get your subconscious to accept your idea or request by feeling its reality now, and the law of your mind will do the rest. Turn over your request with faith and confidence, and your subconscious will take over and answer for you. You will always fail to get results by trying to use mental coercion. Your subconscious mind does not respond to coercion. It responds to your faith or conscious mind acceptance. Your failure to get results may also arise from such statements as, things are getting worse. I will never get an answer. I see no way out. It is hopeless. I don't know what to do. I'm all mixed up. When you use such statements, you get no response or cooperation from your subconscious mind. Like a soldier marking time, you neither go forward nor backward. In other words, 
don't get anywhere. If you get into a taxi and give a half dozen different directions to the driver in five minutes, he would become hopelessly confused and probably would refuse to take you anywhere. It is the same when working with your subconscious mind. There must be a clear-cut idea in your mind. You must arrive at the definite decision that there is a way out, a solution to the vexing problem in sickness. Only the infinite intelligence within your subconscious knows the answer. When you come to that clear-cut conclusion in your conscious mind, your mind is then made up, and according to your belief, it is done unto you. Easy does it. A house owner once remonstrated with a furnace repairman for charging $200 for fixing the boiler. The mechanic said, I charged $0.05 cents for the missing bolt and $199.95 for knowing what was wrong. Similarly, your subconscious mind is the master mechanic, the all-wise one, who knows ways and means of healing any organ of your body as well as your affairs. Decree health and your subconscious will establish it. But relaxation is the key. Easy does it. Do not be concerned with details and means, but know the end result. Get the feel of the happy solution to your problem, whether it is health, finances, or employment. Remember how you felt after you had recovered from a severe state of illness? Bear in mind that your feeling is the touchstone of all subconscious demonstration. Your new idea must be felt subjectively in a finished state, not the future, but as coming about now. Infer no opponent. Use imagination and not willpower. In using your subconscious mind, you infer no opponent. You use no willpower. You imagine the end and the freedom state. You will find your intellect trying to get in the way. But persist in maintaining a simple, childlike, miracle-making faith. Picture yourself without the ailment or problem. Imagine the emotional accompaniment of the freedom state you crave. Cut out all the red tape from the process. The simple way is the best. How disciplined imagination works wonders. A wonderful way to get a response from your subconscious mind is through disciplined or scientific imagination. As previously pointed out, your subconscious mind is the builder of the body and controls all its vital functions. The Bible says, Whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. To believe is to accept something as true, or to live in the state of being it. As you sustain this mood, you shall experience the joy of the answered prayer. The three steps to success in prayer. The usual procedure is as follows. 1. Take a look at the problem. 2. Turn to the solution or way out known only to the subconscious mind. 3. Rest in a sense of deep conviction that it is done. Do not weaken your prayer by saying, I wish I might be healed. I hope so. Your feeling about the work to be done is the boss. Harmony is yours. Know that health is yours. Become intelligent by becoming a vehicle for the infinite healing power of the subconscious mind. Pass on the idea of health to your subconscious mind to the point of conviction, then relax. Get yourself off your hands. Say to the condition and circumstance, this too shall pass. Through relaxation, you impress your subconscious mind, enabling the kinetic energy behind the idea to take over and bring it into concrete realization. The law of reversed effort and why you get the opposite of what you pray for. Kue, the famous psychologist from France who visited America about 40 years ago, 
defined the law of reversed effort as follows. Quote, When your desires and imagination are in conflict, your imagination invariably gains the day. Unquote. If, for example, you were asked to walk a plank on the floor, you would do so without question. Now suppose the same plank were placed 20 feet up in the air between two walls. Would you walk it? Your desire to walk it would be counteracted by your imagination or fear of falling. Your dominant idea, which would be the picture of falling, would conquer. Your desire, will, or effort to walk on the plank would be reversed, and the dominant idea of failure would be reinforced. Mental effort is invariably self-defeated, eventuating always in the opposite of what is desired. The suggestions of powerlessness to overcome the condition dominate the mind. Your subconscious is always controlled by the dominant idea. Your subconscious will accept the strongest of two contradictory propositions. The effortless way is the better. If you say, I want healing, but I can't get it. I try so hard. I force myself to pray. I use all the willpower I have. You must realize that your error lies in your effort. Never try to compel the subconscious mind to accept your idea by exercising willpower. Such attempts are doomed to failure, and you get the opposite of what you prayed for. The following is a rather common experience. Students, when taking examinations and reading through their papers, find that all their knowledge has suddenly deserted them. Their minds become appalling blanks, and they are unable to recall one relevant thought. The more they grit their teeth and summon the powers of the will, the further the answers seem to flee. But... When they have left the examination room and the mental pressure relaxes, the answers they were seeking flow tantalizingly back into their minds. Trying to force themselves to remember was the cause of their failure. This is an example of the law of reversed effort, whereby you get the opposite of what you asked or prayed for. The conflict of desire and imagination must be reconciled. To use mental force is to presuppose that there is opposition. When your mind is concentrated on the means to overcome a problem, it is no longer concerned with the obstacle. Matthew chapter 18 verse 9 says, If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Who are these two? It means the harmonious union or agreement between your conscious and subconscious on any idea, desire, or mental image. When there is no longer any quarrel in either part of your mind, your prayer will be answered. The two agreeing may also be represented as you and your desire, your thought and feeling, your idea and emotion, your desire and imagination. You avoid all conflict between your desires and imagination by entering into a drowsy, sleepy state, which brings all effort to a minimum. The conscious mind is submerged to a great extent when in a sleepy state. The best time to impregnate your subconscious is prior to sleep. The reason for this is that the highest degree of outcropping of the subconscious occurs prior to sleep and just after we awaken. In this state, the negative thoughts and imagery which tend to neutralize your desire and so prevent acceptance by your subconscious mind no longer present themselves. When you imagine the reality of the fulfilled desire and feel the thrill of accomplishment, your subconscious brings about the realization of your desire. A great many people solve all their dilemmas and problems by the play of their controlled, directed, and disciplined imagination, knowing that whatever they imagine and feel is true will and must come to pass.
The following will clearly illustrate how a young girl overcame the conflict between her desire and her imagination. She desired a harmonious solution to her legal problem, yet her mental imagery was constantly on failure, loss, bankruptcy, and poverty. It was a complicated lawsuit, and there was one postponement after another with no solution in sight. At my suggestion, she got into a sleepy, drowsy state each night prior to sleep, and she began to imagine the happy ending, feeling it to the best of her ability. She knew that the image in her mind had to agree with her heart's desire. Prior to sleep, she began to dramatize as vividly as possible her lawyer having an animated discussion with her regarding the outcome. She would ask him questions, and he would answer her appropriately. He would say to her over and over again, there has been a perfect, harmonious solution. The case has been settled out of court. During the day, when fear thoughts came into her mind, she would run her mental movie with gestures, voice, and sound equipment. She could easily imagine the sound of his voice, smile, and mannerism. She ran this mental picture so often, it became a subjective pattern, a regular train track. At the end of a few weeks, her attorney called her and confirmed objectively what she had been imagining and feeling as true subjectively. This is really what the psalmist meant when he wrote, Let the words of my mouth, your thoughts, mental images, good, and the meditations of my heart, your feeling, nature, emotion, be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, the law of your subconscious mind, my strength and my redeemer, the power and wisdom of your subconscious mind, can redeem you from sickness, bondage, and misery. Psalm 19, verse 14. Ideas worth recalling. 1. Mental coercion or too much effort shows anxiety and fear which block your answer. Easy does it. 2. When your mind is relaxed and you accept an idea, your subconscious goes to work to execute the idea. 3. Think and plan independently of traditional methods. Know that there is always an answer and a solution to every problem. 4. Do not be overly concerned with the beating of your heart, with the breathing of your lungs, or the functions of any part of your anatomy. Lean heavily upon your subconscious and proclaim frequently that divine right action is taking place. 5. The feeling of health produces health. The feeling of wealth produces wealth. How do you feel? 6. Imagination is your most powerful faculty. Imagine what is lovely and of good report. You are what you imagine yourself to be. 7. You avoid conflict between your conscious and subconscious in the sleepy state. Imagine the fulfillment of your desire over and over again prior to sleep. Sleep in peace and wake in joy. Chapter 9. How to use the power of your subconscious for wealth. If you are having financial difficulties, if you are trying to make ends meet, it means you have not convinced your subconscious mind that you will always have plenty and some to spare. You know men and women who work a few hours a week and make fabulous sums of money. They do not strive or slave hard. Do not believe the story that the only way you can become wealthy is by the sweat of your brow and hard labor. It is not so. The effortless way of life is the best. Do the thing you love to do, and do it for the joy and thrill of it. I know an executive in Los Angeles who receives a salary of $75,000 yearly. Last year, he went on a nine-month cruise seeing the world and its beauty spots. He said to me 
that he had succeeded in convincing his subconscious mind that he is worth that much money. He told me that many men in his organization getting about $100 a week knew more about the business than he did and could manage it better, but they had no ambition, no creative ideas, and were not interested in the wonders of their subconscious mind. Wealth is of the mind. Wealth is simply a subconscious conviction on the part of the individual. You will not become a millionaire by saying, I am a millionaire, I am a millionaire. You will grow into a wealth consciousness by building into your mentality the idea of wealth and abundance. Your invisible means of support. The trouble with most people is that they have no invisible means of support. When business falls away, the stock market drops or they lose their investments, they seem helpless. The reason for such insecurity is that they do not know how to tap the subconscious mind. They are unacquainted with the inexhaustible storehouse within. A man with a poverty-type mind finds himself in poverty-stricken conditions. Another man with a mind filled with ideas of wealth is surrounded with everything he needs. It was never intended that man should lead a life of indigence. You can have wealth, everything you need, and plenty to spare. Your words have power to cleanse your mind of wrong ideas and to instill right ideas in their place. The Ideal Method for Building Wealth Consciousness Perhaps you are saying as you read this chapter, I need wealth and success. This is what you do. Repeat for about five minutes to yourself three or four times a day, wealth, success. These words have tremendous power. They represent the inner power of the subconscious mind. Anchor your mind on this substantial power within you. Then conditions and circumstances corresponding to their nature and quality will be manifested in your life. You are not saying, I am wealthy. You are dwelling on real powers within you. There is no conflict in the mind when you say, wealth. Furthermore, the feeling of wealth will well up within you as you dwell on the idea of wealth. The feeling of wealth produces wealth. Keep this in mind at all times. Your subconscious mind is like a bank, a sort of universal financial institution. It magnifies whatever you deposit or impress upon it, whether it is the idea of wealth or of poverty. Choose wealth. Why your affirmations for wealth fail. I have talked to many people during the past 35 years whose usual complaint is, I have said for weeks and weeks I am wealthy. I am prosperous, and nothing has happened. I discovered that when they said, I am prosperous, I am wealthy, they felt within that they were lying to themselves. One man told me, I have affirmed that I am prosperous until I'm tired. Things are now worse. I knew when I made the statement that it was obviously not true. His statements were rejected by the conscious mind, and the very opposite of what he outwardly affirmed and claimed was made manifest. Your affirmation succeeds best when it is specific and when it does not produce a mental conflict or argument. Hence, the statements made by this man made matters worse because they suggested his lack. Your subconscious accepts what you really feel to be true, not just idle words or statements. The dominant idea or belief is always accepted by the subconscious mind. How to Avoid Mental Conflict the following is the ideal way to overcome this conflict for those who have this difficulty. 
Make this practical statement frequently, particularly prior to sleep. By day and by night, I am being prospered in all of my interests. This affirmation will not arouse any argument because it does not contradict your subconscious mind's impression of financial lack. I suggested to one businessman whose sales and finances were very low and who was greatly worried that he sit down in his office, become quiet, and repeat this statement over and over again. My sales are improving every day. This statement engaged the cooperation of the conscious and subconscious mind. Results followed. Don't sign blank checks. You sign blank checks when you make such statements as, there's not enough to go around. There is a shortage. I will lose the house because of the mortgage, etc. If you are full of fear about the future, you are also writing a blank check and attracting negative conditions to you. Your subconscious mind takes your fear and negative statement as your request and proceeds in its own way to bring obstacles, delays, lack, and limitation into your life. Your subconscious gives you compound interest. To him that hath the feeling of wealth, more wealth shall be added. To him that hath the feeling of lack, more lack shall be added. Your subconscious multiplies and magnifies whatever you deposit in it. Every morning as you awaken, deposit thoughts of prosperity, success, wealth, and peace. Dwell upon these concepts. Busy your mind with them as often as possible. These constructive thoughts will find their way as deposits in your subconscious mind and bring forth abundance and prosperity. Why nothing happened? I can hear you saying, Oh, I did that and nothing happened. You did not get results because you indulged in fear thoughts, perhaps 10 minutes later, and neutralized the good you had affirmed. When you place a seed in the ground, you do not dig it up. You let it take root and grow. Suppose, for example, you say, I shall not be able to make that payment. Before you get further than I shall, stop the sentence and dwell on a constructive statement such as, by day and by night, I am prospered in all my ways. True source of wealth. Your subconscious mind is never short of ideas. There are within it an infinite number of ideas ready to flow into your conscious mind and appear as cash in your pocketbook in countless ways. This process will continue to go on in your mind regardless of whether the stock market goes up or down or whether the pound sterling or dollar drops in value. Your wealth is never truly dependent on bonds, stocks or money in the bank. These are really only symbols necessary and useful of course, but only symbols. The point I wish to emphasize is that if you convince your subconscious mind that wealth is yours and that it is always circulating in your life, you will always and inevitably have it, regardless of the form it takes. Trying to make ends meet and the real cause. There are people who claim that they are always trying to make ends meet. They seem to have a great struggle to meet their obligations. Have you listened to their conversation? In many instances, their conversation runs along this vein. They are constantly condemning those who have succeeded in life and who have raised their heads above the crowd. Perhaps they are saying, oh, that fellow has a racket. He is ruthless. He's a crook. This is why they lack. They are condemning the thing that they desire and want. The reason they speak critically of their more prosperous associates is because they are envious and covetous of the other's prosperity. 
The quickest way to cause wealth to take wings and fly away is to criticize and condemn others who have more wealth than you. A common stumbling block to wealth. There is one emotion which is the cause of the lack of wealth in the lives of many. Most people learn this the hard way. It is envy. For example, if you see a competitor depositing large sums of money in the bank and you have only a meager amount of deposit, does it make you envious? The way to overcome this emotion is to say to yourself, isn't it wonderful? I rejoice in that man's prosperity. I wish for him greater and greater wealth. To entertain envious thoughts is devastating because it places you in a very negative position. Therefore, wealth flows from you instead of to you. If you are ever annoyed or irritated by the prosperity or great wealth of another, claim immediately that you truly wish for him greater wealth in every possible way. This will neutralize the negative thoughts in your mind and cause an ever greater measure of wealth to flow to you by the law of your own subconscious mind. Rubbing out a great mental block to wealth. If you're worried and critical about someone who you claim is making money dishonestly, cease worrying about him. You know such a person is using the law of mind negatively. The law of mind takes care of him. Be careful not to criticize him for the reasons previously indicated. Remember, the block or obstacle to wealth is in your own mind. You can now destroy that mental block. This you may do by getting on mental good terms with everyone. Sleep and grow rich. As you go to sleep at night, practice the following technique. Repeat the word wealth quietly, easily, and feelingly. Do this over and over again, just like a lullaby. Lull yourself to sleep with the one word, wealth. You should be amazed at the result. Wealth should flow to you in avalanches of abundance. This is another example of the magic power of your subconscious mind. Serve yourself with the powers of your mind. 1. Decide to be wealthy the easy way, with the infallible aid of your subconscious mind. 2. Trying to accumulate wealth by the sweat of your brow and hard labor is one way to become the richest man in the graveyard. You do not have to strive or slave hard. 3. Wealth is a subconscious conviction. Build into your mentality the idea of wealth. 4. The trouble with most people is that they have no invisible means of support. 5. Repeat the word wealth to yourself slowly and quietly for about 5 minutes prior to sleep and your subconscious will bring wealth to pass in your experience. 6. The feeling of wealth produces wealth. Keep this in mind at all times. 7. Your conscious and subconscious minds must agree. Your subconscious accepts what you really feel to be true. The dominant idea is always accepted by your subconscious mind. The dominant idea should be wealth, not poverty. 8. You can overcome any mental conflict regarding wealth by affirming frequently. By day and by night, I am being prospered in all of my interests. 9. Increase your sales by repeating this statement over and over again. My sales are improving every day. I am advancing, progressing, and getting wealthier every day. 10. Stop writing blank checks such as, There's not enough to go around, or, 
there is a shortage, etc. Such statements magnify and multiply your loss. 11. Deposit thoughts of prosperity, wealth, and success in your subconscious mind, and the latter will give you compound interest. 12. What you consciously affirm, you must not mentally deny a few moments later. This will neutralize the good you have affirmed. 13. Your true source of wealth consists of the ideas in your mind. You can have an idea worth millions of dollars. Your subconscious will give you the idea you seek. 14. Envy and jealousy are stumbling blocks to the flow of wealth. Rejoice in the prosperity of others. 15. The block to wealth is in your own mind. Destroy that block now by getting on good mental terms with everyone. Chapter 10. Your Right to Be Rich It is your right to be rich. You are here to lead the abundant life and be happy, radiant, and free. You should, therefore, have all the money you need to lead a full, happy, and prosperous life. You are here to grow, expand, and unfold spiritually, mentally, and materially. You have the inalienable right to fully develop and express yourself along all lines. You should surround yourself with beauty and luxury. Why be satisfied with just enough to go around when you can enjoy the riches of your subconscious mind? In this chapter, you can learn to make friends with money, and you should always have a surplus. Your desire to be rich is a desire for a fuller, happier, more wonderful life. It is a cosmic urge. It is not only good, but very good. Money is a symbol. Money is a symbol of exchange. It means to you not only freedom from want, but beauty, luxury, abundance, and refinement. It is merely a symbol of the economic health of the nation. When your blood is circulating freely in your body, you are healthy. When money is circulating freely in your life, you are economically healthy. When people begin to hoard money, to put it away in tin boxes, and become charged with fear, there is economic illness. Money has taken many forms as a medium of exchange down through the centuries, such as salt, beads, and trinkets of various kinds. In early times, a man's wealth was determined by the number of sheep and oxen he had. Now, we use currency and other negotiable instruments, as it is much more convenient to write a check than carry some sheep around with you to pay bills. How to walk the royal road to riches. Knowledge of the powers of your subconscious mind is the means to the royal road to riches of all kinds, spiritual, mental, or financial. The student of the laws of mind believes and knows definitely that regardless of economic situations, stock market fluctuation, depression, strikes, war, other conditions or circumstances, he will always be amply supplied, regardless of what form money takes. The reason for this is that he has conveyed the idea of wealth to his subconscious mind, and it keeps him supplied wherever he may be. He has convinced himself in his mind that money is forever flowing freely in his life and that there is always a wonderful surplus. Should there be a financial collapse of government tomorrow and all the man's present holdings become valueless, as the German Marx did after the First World War, he would still attract wealth and be cared for, regardless of the form the new currency took. Why you do not have more money. As you read this chapter, you are probably saying, I'm worthy of a higher salary than I'm receiving. 
I believe most people are inadequately compensated. One of the causes many people do not have more money is that they are silently or openly condemning it. They refer to money as filthy lucre, or the love of money is the root of all evil. Another reason they do not prosper is that they have a sneaky subconscious feeling there is some virtue in poverty. This subconscious pattern may be due to early childhood training, superstition, or it could be based on a false interpretation of scriptures. Money and a balanced life. One time a man said to me, I am broke, I do not like money, it is the root of all evil. These statements represent a confused neurotic mind. Love of money to the exclusion of everything else will cause you to become lopsided and unbalanced. You are here to use your power or authority wisely. Some men crave power, others crave money. If you set your heart on money exclusively and say, money is all I want, I'm going to give all my attention to amassing money, nothing else matters, you can get money and attain a fortune. But you have forgotten that you are here to lead a balanced life. You must also satisfy the hunger for peace of mind, harmony, love, joy, and perfect health. By making money your sole aim, you simply made a wrong choice. You thought that was all you wanted, but you found after all your efforts that it was not only the money you needed. You also desired true expression of your hidden talents, true place in life, beauty, and the joy of contributing to the welfare and success of others. By learning the laws of your subconscious mind, you could have a million dollars or many millions if you wanted them and still have peace of mind, harmony, perfect health, and perfect expression. Poverty is a mental disease. There is no virtue in poverty. It is a disease like any other mental disease. If you were physically ill, you would think there was something wrong with you. You would seek help and do something about the condition at once. Likewise, if you do not have money constantly circulating in your life, there is something radically wrong with you. The urge of the life principle in you is toward growth, expansion, and the life more abundant. You are not here to live in a hovel, dress in rags, and go hungry. You should be happy, prosperous, and successful. Why you must never criticize money. Cleanse your mind of all weird and superstitious beliefs about money. Do not ever regard money as evil or filthy. If you do, you cause it to take wings and fly away from you. Remember that you lose what you condemn. You cannot attract what you criticize. Getting the right attitude toward money. Here is a simple technique you may use to multiply money in your experience. Use the following statements several times a day. I like money. I love it. I use it wisely, constructively, and judiciously. Money is constantly circulating in my life. I release it with joy, and it returns to me multiplied in a wonderful way. It is good and very good. Money flows to me in avalanches of abundance. I use it for good only, and I am grateful for my good and for the riches of my mind. How the scientific thinker looks at money. Suppose, for example, you found gold, silver, lead, copper, or iron in the ground. Would you pronounce these things evil? All evil comes from man's darkened understanding, from his ignorance, from his false interpretation of life, and from his misuse of his subconscious mind. Uranium, lead, or some other metal could have been used as a medium of exchange. We use paper bills, checks, nickel, and silver. Surely these are not evil. Physicists and chemists know today that the only difference between one metal and another 
is the number and rate of motion of electrons revolving around a central nucleus. They can now change one metal into another through a bombardment of the atoms in the powerful cyclotron. Gold, under certain conditions, becomes mercury. I believe that our modern scientists in the near future will be able to make gold, silver, and other metals synthetically in the chemical laboratory. The cost may be prohibitive now, but it can be done. I cannot imagine any intelligent person seeing anything evil in electrons, neutrons, protons, and isotopes. The piece of paper in your pocket is composed of atoms and molecules, with their electrons and protons arranged differently. Their number and rate of motion are different. That is the only way the paper differs from the silver in your pocket. How to attract the money you need Many years ago, I met a young boy in Australia who wanted to become a physician and surgeon, but he had no money. I explained to him how a seed deposited in the soil attracts to itself everything necessary for its unfolding, and that all he had to do was to take a lesson from the seed and deposit the required idea in his subconscious mind. For expenses, this young, brilliant boy used to clean out doctor's offices, wash windows, and do odd repair jobs. He told me that every night, as he went to sleep, he used to picture in his mind's eye a medical diploma on a wall with his name on it, in big, bold letters. He used to clean and shine the framed diplomas in the medical building where he worked. It was not hard for him to engrave the image of a diploma in his mind and develop it there. Definite results followed, as he persisted with his mental picture every night for about four months. The sequel of this story was very interesting. One of the doctors took a great liking to this young boy, and after training him in the art of sterilizing instruments, giving hypodermic injections, and other miscellaneous first aid work, he employed him as a technical assistant in his office. The doctor later sent him to medical school at his own expense. Today, this young man is a prominent medical doctor in Montreal, Canada. He discovered the law of attraction by using his subconscious mind the right way. He operated an age-old law which says, quote, Having seen the end, you have willed the means to the realization of the end. Unquote. The end, in this case, was to become a medical doctor. This young man was able to imagine, see, and feel the reality of being a doctor. He lived with that idea, sustained it, nourished it, and loved it until through his imagination it penetrated the layers of his subconscious mind and became a conviction, thereby attracting to him everything necessary for the fulfillment of his dream. Why some men do not get a raise in pay. If you are working in a large organization and you are silently thinking of and resenting the fact you are underpaid, that you are not appreciated, and that you deserve more money and greater recognition, you are subconsciously severing the ties with that organization. You are setting a law in motion, and the superintendent or manager will say to you, we have to let you go. Actually, you dismissed yourself. The manager was simply the instrument through which your own negative mental state was confirmed. It was an example of the law of action and reaction. The action was your thought, and the reaction was the response of your subconscious mind. Obstacles and impediments on the pathway to riches. I'm sure you've heard men say, that fellow has a racket. He is a racketeer. He's getting money dishonestly. He's a faker. I knew him when he had nothing. He's a crook, a thief, and a swindler. If you analyze the man who talks like that, 
you discover he is usually in want or suffering from some financial or physical illness. Perhaps his former college friends went up the ladder of success and excelled him. Now he is bitter and envious of their progress. In many instances, this is the cause of his downfall. Thinking negatively of these classmates and condemning their wealth causes the wealth and prosperity he is praying for to vanish and flee away. He is condemning the thing he is praying for. He is praying two ways. On the one hand, he is saying, wealth is flowing to me now. And in the next breath, silently or audibly, he is saying, I resent that fellow's wealth. Always make it a special point to rejoice in the wealth of the other person. Protect your investments. If you are seeking wisdom regarding investments, or if you are worried about your stocks or bonds, quietly claim, Infinite intelligence governs and watches over all my financial transactions, and whatsoever I do shall prosper. Do this frequently, and you will find that your investments will be wise. Moreover, you will be protected from loss, as you will be prompted to sell your securities or holdings before any loss accrues to you. You cannot get something for nothing. In large stores, the management employs store detectives to prevent people from stealing. They catch a number of people every day trying to get something for nothing. All such people are living in the mental atmosphere of lack and limitation and are stealing from themselves peace, harmony, faith, honesty, integrity, goodwill, and confidence. Furthermore, they are attracting to themselves all manner of loss, such as loss of character, prestige, social status, and peace of mind. These people lack faith in the source of supply and the understanding of how their minds work. If they would mentally call on the powers of their subconscious mind and claim that they are guided to their true expression, they would find work and constant supply. Then by honesty, integrity, and perseverance, they would become a credit to themselves and to society at large. Your constant supply of money. Recognizing the powers of your subconscious mind and the creative power of your thought or mental image is the way to opulence, freedom, and constant supply. Accept the abundant life in your own mind. Your mental acceptance and expectancy of wealth has its own mathematics and mechanics of expression. As you enter into the mood of opulence, all things necessary for the abundant life will come to pass. Let this be your daily affirmation. Write in your heart, quote, I am one with the infinite riches of my subconscious mind. It is my right to be rich happy and successful. Money flows to me freely, copiously and endlessly. I am forever conscious of my true worth. I give of my talents freely and I am wonderfully blessed financially. It is wonderful." Unquote. Step up this way to riches. 1. Be bold enough to claim that it is your right to be rich and your deeper mind will honor your claim. 2. You don't want just enough to go around. You want all the money you need to do all the things you want to do and when you want to do them. Get acquainted with the riches of your subconscious mind. 3. When money is circulating freely in your life, you are economically healthy. Look at money like the tide and you will always have plenty of it. The ebb and flow of the tide is constant. When the tide is out, you are absolutely sure that it will return. 4. Knowing the laws of your subconscious mind you will always be supplied regardless of what form money takes. 5. One reason many people simply make ends meet and never have enough money 
is that they condemn money. What you condemn takes wings and flies away. 6. Do not make a god of money. It is only a symbol. Remember that the real riches are in your mind. You are here to lead a balanced life. This includes acquiring all the money you need. 7. Don't make money your sole aim. Claim wealth, happiness, peace, true expression and love, and personally radiate love and goodwill to all. Then your subconscious mind will give you compound interest in all these fields of expression. 8. There is no virtue in poverty. It is a disease of the mind, and you should heal yourself of this mental conflict or malady at once. 9. You are not here to live in a hovel, to dress in rags, or to go hungry. You are here to lead the life more abundant. 10. Never use the terms filthy lucre or I despise money. You lose what you criticize. There's nothing good or bad, but thinking of it in either light makes it so. 11. Repeat frequently. I like money. I use it wisely, constructively, and judiciously. I release it with joy, and it returns a thousandfold. 12. Money is not evil any more so than copper, lead, tin, or iron which you may find in the ground. All evil is due to ignorance and misuse of the mind's powers. 13. To picture the end result in your mind causes your subconscious to respond and fulfill your mental picture. 14. Stop trying to get something for nothing. There is no such thing as a free lunch. You must give to receive. You must give mental attention to your goals, ideals, and enterprises, and your deeper mind will back you up. The key to wealth is application of the laws of the subconscious mind by impregnating it with the idea of wealth. Shout out to everyone who dropped a uh, super chat during that. Uh, VBDC, aka that Venice Beach Dub Club, says, Bless us with the uplifting vibes. And uh, lo, we did. Shaky Pavel says, Thank you. Thank you, Shaky. Sergio Chaz says, Health is the truth of your body. Ain't now the truth. And uh, shout out to Amcas. Shout out to all of y'all. How you feeling? 
I'm very impressed with the uh, thoroughness of this. This is very thorough. I like thorough. I'm going to have to get me a uh, paper copy of this. He says, you done good, son. JC Lanhouse says, I feel fantastic. Big Bad Wolf says, that Lux Dream Shirt is choice. I actually got one OTW. Couldn't help myself. You're talking about my shirt. There's a lovely shirt. Did you know where I got it from? Did you know where it came from? it came from meaningwave.com which just so happens to be the sponsor of this broadcast that's right meaningwave.com uh do you know why do you know why why meaningwave.com i can't believe i have to press this every day meaningwave.com because happiness is a side effect of meaning head to meaningwave today and uh com today and check out the blogs oh look you can see look look every time we do one of these streams there's a post about it over here. Isn't that lovely? So never miss a stream. Uh, yeah, we had Danica on yesterday, didn't we? Wasn't that nice? Uh, make some noise if you were here last night. Jason enjoyed last night's stream very much. So did I. Stream, stream, streams, all that sort of thing. Delightful apparel. You know, look at these lovely things. Look at these lovely designs. Hey, can help me out with that one? Meaningwave.com. Simultaneously, and similarly, uh, you hit the resources tab, you hit the, you can get the support Meaningwave bit. And people write to me every day, every day. I had a bunch of them in my Instagram DMs today, people saying uh, something along the lines of, uh, your work has brought so much into my life. And, uh, and I know that uh, the Spotify... Uh, less than a penny or whatever they pay you is ridiculous uh, how can I support Meaning Wave well you can go here and press the support Meaning Wave tab and there's a bunch of ways there there's a PayPal and a Patreon and a Bitcoin and Ethan a Venmo and a Kashat and uh, all of those work you know. so those are ways you can support Meaning Wave you could also maybe buy a digital bundle and that would be useful that would be very useful um, you know uh we were talking about Javier Millet earlier. Shouts out to him. Uh, you know, some of, some of those cats he was hanging around with, talking about cyber attacks and this, that, and the other. If they have a cyber attack, you won't have Spotify, but you will have your Meaning Wave mixtapes bundle, or your All Masterpieces bundle, or your All Everything bundle. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Also, if you get yourself a cassette, you'll have a cassette. Look, there's a cassette. Where's the cassette? Look, it's a cassette. Absolutely delightful. Head on over to MeaningWave.com, the sponsor of this broadcast. And I'm very proud to be sponsored by MeaningWave.com. I wouldn't take a sponsorship from something I didn't believe in. You know? And I've got to say, I do believe in MeaningWave. Do you, reader listener, believe in MeaningWave? Shecky says, DuneWave album is a banger. Yes, it is. Casey the Lionheart says, the whole album is nuke, nuke, nuke. 
Shaggy says, it was fun getting to know Danica. Casey says, I has an awakening after last night's stream. You has an awakening. That's nice. Amanda says, I missed most of it. Well, luckily for you, you can watch it on the replay due to the magic of replay watching. You could also re-listen to it back on your podcasting platform of choice. Did you know that? You can. Selena says, I'm reading along. That's smart of you. Jason was reading along as well. Jason, where were you reading it? Was it on Project Guttenberg or something like that? Some people are taking information better from uh, reading than listening. And some people take it in better listening than reading. And some people do both. And uh, they benefit, they, you know, they're mutually uh, harmonious. However you like to imbue, we're here for you here at Meaning Wave. Well, if you like listening to stuff. I mean, we're not that much use otherwise. You always look at, uh, look at the prettiness. There's always prettiness. It's always very pretty around here. Look, ain't that pretty? I just press a button and pretty. Look, it's just instantly delightful. Amazing. How do we do it? Paul Killer says, Meaning Wave requires no belief. It is the truth of the universe. And I couldn't really disagree with that kind of a statement. Who am I to disagree? Amanda says, learn something new every day. I'll catch the replay. See how that rhymed. Delightful. Well, that was very lovely and uh, uh, lots to ponder on there. I'd say, I mean, it's like, uh, if you're going to do anything practically based on that it it seems that you should just say well to yourself when you go to sleep that seems to be the simplest thing there's all sorts of things you could be doing all sorts of affirmations and mantras and this that and the other but if just going wealth 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 I think we can all do that I gotta say, I used to have the, the thing where you thought money was evil because, you know, my parents were both socialists, God bless them. And, um, you know, so I was raised on that, listening to Billy Bragg and all that sort of thing. But I can happily say that is completely gone now. I don't have any of that remaining, as far as I'm consciously aware. Uh, maybe we could get some boffin to dig around. Maybe there's something. I don't think so, though. I don't have any of that left, which is nice. That took a lot of, a lot of work getting rid of that. Digging out that nonsense. Burning that dead wood. Weird thing to have, you know, it's like deliberately uh, strapping a backpack full of bricks to yourself and then like going swimming. Weird thing to do. Shaky says, I need this kind of positivity, thank you. Well, that is something you can rely on. Temple of Meaning, you can find this kind of positivity in all manner of all manner of positivity. You can find that here, whether it's in uh, the music, whether it's in uh, you know this positively delightful moulay, or whether it's in uh, your brothers and sisters in the chat who are all uniformly delightful. The meaning wave is here for you. If you get sad when the stream stops, you can always go hang out in the Discord together. There's a nice Discord you can go hang out in. While everybody awaits, feverishly awaits the return of Sourceway Radio 24-7. 
guys. We'll be back tomorrow. What have we got tomorrow? What have we got tomorrow, brother, sister? Do you know what we have tomorrow? Let's have a look at our schedule. Oh, look. We have the power of your subconscious mind. Part four. The final chapters. The final chapters. We're going to do that tomorrow. And uh, then we'll have the whole book done. And uh, then we can, you know, then we have it done. Beautiful thing. It's done. We can listen to it over and over and over. And, uh, and you know, all uh, use uh, our subconscious uh, for whatever we want. Yes. Utilize that bad boy correctly. And then, of course, on Friday, it's our party. And we didn't have one last week because I was poorly. So this will be a super, 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 super party. And that's exciting, isn't it? Super, 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 super party. And then I'll announce all the rest of the next week of streams. Uh, I can tell you, uh, I'm going to have uh, Anomaly in the building next week. Anomaly is going to come hang out. Uh, those of you that know Anomaly will find this exciting because he's great. Those of you that don't know Anomaly, we're gonna, you're going to get to know Anomaly. It's a nice thing to say, Anomaly. It sounds good coming out of the face. Anomaly, Anomaly, Anomaly. Anomaly, Anomaly, Anomaly. That's one of those words that it'd be good to like say a lot of times if you were teaching yourself to be able to rap and what have you. You know, one thing, when I was teaching people to rap back in the day, I would get people to say agada biggada bagada bosh over and over and over. It gets your face correctly, um, uh, correctly aligned in order to be able to deliver correctly at the right sort of speed and uh, cadence. So if you just say agada biggada bagada bosh should maybe try that you know maybe you want to try that now i get a bigger to i get a bosh i get a bigger to i get a bosh i get a bigger to i get a bosh i get a bigger i get a bigger i get a bosh i get a bigger i get a bosh say that although it's great it's fun jc the lionheart says scott's nemesis i don't really know anything about that i don't think i'm on on twitter enough to know is it really or is that a joke on the show i guess we'll have to ask about it there's lots to talk to Anomaly about. I mean, you know, he does get, he does get in beefs with people because, um, you know. He says things as he sees them by Jove, and why not? Why not? Uh, I don't think, I don't think that's Scott's nemesis. I think Scott, I think Scott, um, I think his nemesis would be, um, I don't know. Clinton of some kind, or something on on a, something about more substantial level. I mean, you know, he, ha- he did have the whole sort of industry try and destroy his life. I'm sure, there are something, whatever force it was behind that, would be more likely. Well, I suppose it depends how you think of Nemesis, because the Eric Weinstein way of thinking about Nemesis is actually like s- a sort of steel, sharpened steel way of thinking about Nemesis, right? I know. Have you got a Nemesis? I don't think I have a Nemesis. Oh, okay. JC says Scott has said on his podcast that Anomaly is his nemesis. I think it's kind of spirited. Oh, that's awesome. All right, I'm going to have to find out about that. Well, when we get Scott on the show, you know, we can find out about that sort of thing. Jason even says collab, collab. Jason gets excited about, about, you know, things like that. Good when Jason gets excited. Jakey says, Dale. There you go, Dale. That's what I was thinking of. JT says, I want to manifest more meaning in the world. Well, you're in the right place. 
You're in the right place. Alrighty, babies, I'm gonna get out of here. We'll be back tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel. Same don chime, same don channel. Same meaning time, same meaning channel. As always, uh, boot that like in the nuts. Leave a comment on your way out. And, uh, you know, go to meaningwave.com and uh, make all your dreams come true. Love to you and your family. God bless. Luego, babies. Keith Alderman. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that wretched creature. That's not a nice final thought. I don't even read that. Last you fool, Gillen. Well, 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 well.